You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way, because I want you to have a profitable private practice. My new book, Profit First for Therapists, is available at most online retailers. You can get it in paperback, audiobook, or ebook as well. Go check it out. So let's go back to the beginning. I'm talking Please. to Adam Carroll. Hello, Adam. Nice, Hi, to, nice to have you on the podcast. Um, so we kind of jumped right in and we started talking about the Shred Method. So yeah. tell us a little bit. Like, let, let's go back to the beginning. Tell us a little bit about you and the Shred Method. What is it exactly? Yeah. Well, I've been a financial educator since 2004. Um, I started out, I graduated from college in the late 90s. I was a debt statistic. I had, you know, $30,000 plus in student loans, nine grand in credit card debt. I was upside down in my car, you know, all the the, the normal graduation stories. And then for the next two years, uh, my uh, newly minted wife and I lived on one income and blasted away all of our debt with the other. And it was so easy to do. It made me realize more people should be doing this. And why aren't more people doing this? And so I set about in 2004, I wrote a book called Winning the Money Game. And our goal was to go educate young people in high school and college about how to live life differently in their teenage and 20s, teenage years and 20s, in order to achieve financial success at an early age. And so that led me to speaking on 750 college campuses as a guest lecturer. I did a documentary on student loan debt called Broke, Busted, and Disgusted. And then I did a TED Talk that went viral uh, at the London Business School. And um, that talk was all about a game of Monopoly that I played with my children with real, with real cash. And it basically sort of illustrated that we're living in a society where money isn't real. Um, you know, everything is Venmo or PayPal or Zelle or uh, at the very least, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Pay Online. And you know this, when people pay that way, there is a different interaction with money than if someone's handing over a $50 bill, which is very hard to do for most people. Yet they'll click yeah. one click ship on Amazon for 47 bucks and not think twice about it. That one so, click is tempting. It's very <laughs> tempting. And, um, and, and it, you know, creates this positive anticipation of that thing arriving at your door versus the $50 bill handing over, you know, triggers a pain sensor in your brain because it feels like loss. So I've been teaching money for a long time. And, um, I, I started a mortgage company in 2005 and learned a great deal about credit and debt and mortgages and uh, lines of credit. And what I realized was we were refinancing a lot of people but it just kept resetting the clock back to 30 years for them. Mm -hmm. So they would live in a home, maybe five or six years, seven years. They have refinanced twice, many times in that amount of time. And they'd get to the closing table thinking they were going to have a ton of money left over and they would have none. They'd have a pittance right at the closing table after paying realtor fees and commissions and whatnot. And it just, it bothered me to the core. And I started looking around, what else, what else can we do to help this? Because the two greatest expenses we have in life are taxes and the interest expense on debt. And so if you can minimize both of those, I know you 
and your uh, team are very good at minimizing taxes. And then on Where the you work? on the debt side, um, you know, there's really only a couple of ways to minimize the interest expense on debt. Number one is you lower the interest rate on the debt. And number two is you lower the balance that's being charged interest against. And so we started figuring out how to do that just like the banks do for us or, or with our money uh, that allows them to build brand new 10 and $20 million buildings all around us. And uh, we started leveraging that as consumers and, and it was to uh, pretty significant results. So tell me about the shred method. Like what, what is it in a nutshell? Yeah, it is a way to create efficiency with the income that you're bringing in. So for most individuals, they, they make money it gets deposited into checking. And then once it's in checking, what would you say it does? It sits there and it makes no money. Yeah. Sits there, makes no money, might make us feel comfortable. Like we like looking at a high checking account balance, but it also lures us into spending money unnecessarily or, or that we shouldn't necessarily spend. Um, and I've always said that lazy money or idle money is dangerous money because people who have a thousand dollars sitting in an account they go, well, let's go out to eat or let's, uh, you know, let's buy that $400 kayak at Costco just cause. And yeah. you realize that you have a house full of stuff that, you know, you don't need, you didn't need, but you had money sitting there and it was just like, well, we're here. We might as well shop at Target. Um, and so what we do is we help people reorient the cash flow. It does not require you to change your lifestyle. You can still go out to eat and go on vacations and all of that. It's just instead of it being sitting idle in a in an account for days or weeks or months on end, it's constantly in motion. And as it's in motion, the goal of our software that powers this is to go after the higher interest uh, expense debt, which would be amortized debts like mortgages, car loans, student loans, et cetera. And when people use this for 12 or 18 or 24, 36 months, they end up rapidly accelerating the payoff of their mortgage and saving hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest that they would normally pay in the first 10, 15, 20 years of that pay down. So logistically, right? If you're not depositing your cash in a bank, where, like, where is it going? Well, yeah, great question. So it's still technically going in a bank, but instead of going into a checking account, we're depositing it into what we call a shred account, which is basically a line of credit. And lines of credit allow us to put money in, but only if there's room in that line, right? Like a line of credit is only ever going to be zero or negative. It will never have a surplus because of the kind of vehicle that it is. So immediately the mindset shift we have to make is we like seeing money in our checking account because it makes us feel safe and secure. But the line of credit, we actually want to be leveraging a little bit all the time, because if we're leveraging it, it means it's going after some of the debt that costs us a fortune. And so the way the system works logistically is paychecks get deposited into a HELOC um, to make room for that deposit coming in. The software says, it looks like you're going to get paid on Friday. On Thursday, let's send, you know, let's say that $2,000 is coming in. The system might say, Hey, on Thursday, the day before you get paid, let's send $2,472.36 to your mortgage. And what it's doing is it's making room for your income to dump in, right? And when your income comes in, it pays it off from 
2,400 to 400. And that $400 might be at 8% or 7% interest or whatever it is. But on a month by month basis, that's about $7 or less in it, $5 in interest, right? On that amount. And what we've done in making a lump sum payment to the mortgage is we have accelerated the payoff from maybe payment one to payment 10 or 12 or 15, depending on how much we're sending. And when we do that, we avoid the interest on those seven or 10 or 15 payments, which for most people is thousands of dollars. So we're, we're borrowing very, very short-term bursts of money. We're paying it back with income. You know, and the, the HELOC might go up in balance then as we pay groceries and gas and, you know, kid expenses. But in two more weeks, we're going to have another income event and that money's going to come in and it's going to pay it back close to zero. So this is the power of this is we're, we're basically leveraging short-term bursts of money at simple interest and we're deploying it against really long-term amortized debts. So we, we talked briefly about um, if you're running your budget, like right to the zero, right to the line, this is not for you. But so who is this for? Like who does, who can this work well for? Certainly dual income families. It works great when you've got multiple uh, direct deposits coming into your account. Uh, so, you know, if, if you've got a, a, a couple that are both working, it's great, particularly if they're spending less than they make. It's great for, for folks who have just bought or just recently refinanced their home because in the first one to three years, ideally, but one to five, even more, uh, that would work. That's where we're going to see the greatest savings, interest savings by paying that down. Um, and, you know, this candidly, Julie, who we love to work with are folks who may have young kids. They're getting into their dream home and maybe it was a bit of a stretch but they still have some discretionary money, but they're concerned. Like, how are we going to afford college? How are we going to buy that car in four years when yours is 150,000 miles? You know, it's those kinds of situations that as you, again, spend 12 or 24, or 36 months using the system, it becomes very, very easy to see, oh, it's simple. We just go buy it using this cash flow technique. The payments are all kind of absorbed in the system and you don't even notice it. So um, as an example, my wife is very, very conservative, grew up in a household that had next to nothing as, you know, when she was a kid. And as a result, she has a lot of fear and lack feelings around money. Mm -hmm. And so it was always, well, how are we going to afford that? And where is this going to go? And, and um, you know, college is 10 years away. What is that going to look like? And what we did in using Shred was it, it eased all of her concerns about where some of those expenses would come from because there was liquidity being built in the home, in other accounts. And, um, and, you know, slowly but surely it just, the, the idea of lack sort of went away because the debt kept decreasing, the discretionary income kept increasing, and there was all this liquidity that we could draw from if we needed to. So how has this changed then um, your family's financial life? Well, you know, early on, we were pretty adamant about building 529 plans. Mm -hmm. And we put a lot of, a fair amount of money. I won't say a lot of money. We put a fair amount at, as young parents, as much as we could. And we did until we got to a point where I realized, you know, the, the, the money that we're putting in is definitely going to increase over time. However, what if we could cash flow this? And in going through Shred, we have a calculator that will say, 
you know, if you had 500 extra, a thousand extra a month, how much faster could you knock out your debts? And um, for us in doing that, we paid off a, a $260,000 mortgage in 3.2 years and not on crazy income. And then after that, we oh, realized the, the power of how much, um, you know, how much power there is in the liquidity of your home and the equity. And then we started investing little by little, but it was like 25 grand at a time and then 50 grand at a time and then a hundred grand at a time. And when you do that, you get to the compound interest velocity point that Warren Buffett talks about, which is, you know, once you have hundreds of thousands of dollars, even $100,000 in investments, you really start to see the power of compounding. And for us, the realization that the, the, the mortgage itself is like trying to run a marathon with a, a backpack full of bricks. And when that's gone, you can run really fast and really long. And so that's what we have tried to do with, uh, with our clients is just share with them, here's how this works and here's the power of it. Um, and to your point, it's not for everyone, but virtually anyone can do it if they're following along the, you know, the steps that we lay out in terms of success. I'm curious now if you paid off the mortgage in, you said three, three years and some change. So then are you back to investing in this 529 or are you just going to cash flow college? Like what is the, what is the goal there? Yeah. Well, I now have two in school, uh, two in college and one more who is yet to decide if that's what he's going to do. And I, candidly, he's, he's, he's going to be a sophomore in high school and he's really into coding and, and development and, um, artificial intelligence and machine learning. I don't even know that he will go to college. He may take okay. a couple of certifications and jump right into Google or something. Who knows? Um, we have not gone back to 529s. Instead, we have sort of earmarked other investments that we think we can use more effectively than 529s. Um, but you know, once we figured out what we could do in terms of shredding our mortgage, our mortgage. Just like you uh, mentioned in 2020, when rates dipped super low, I said, you know, we can get $200,000, which is a fragment of what the home is worth um, at 2.875. Why wouldn't we do this? And so we took 200 out and we put it in a syndication, uh, which is a real estate deal for those who are not, um, not in the know on that. And we own a little piece of a 350 unit apartment complex in, in uh, Arizona. And we get paychecks every month uh, that come from that. And in three or four years, it'll sell and we'll get all of our money back and then some. And in that amount of time, in the, in the three years since we did it, we shredded the 200,000. And so this is what we do. We just wash, rinse and repeat over and over again. When rates dip, we refinance, pull a bunch of cash out, put it into something, shred that debt, uh, take the income from that investment and then do it all over again. And typically what happens is it, it gets more and more efficient the more you do it. Um, but I will say the one thing that probably sets us apart from others is that uh, we don't have the spendy habits, you know, in terms of there's no car debt. Um, we're not, we're not at, about going out and snagging luxury cars and having a, a, an 800 or $1,200 a month payment. It's just not us. Um, we eat out, but we eat out maybe three times, four times a month. So it's not an everyday occurrence. And some of that for us has been our success is that we just tamp down our expenses, but it's to build a really big life for ourselves. So I'm a big believer in, in uh, build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. 
Yeah. So I would, I would hundred percent wholeheartedly agree there where, um, living within your means, like that's a really good skill to learn early and apply often, right. Especially for business owners, like as you see the money grow in the business, it's really tempting sometimes for those status symbols, like, well, as a, you know, with the owner of a multi-million dollar business, I should drive a fancy car. I should look right. like this or whatever it may be. And like, it's, it's easy for the, for spending to go up it is. really quickly, really quickly. And I, I, to add to that, you know, when I got started, I'm, I'm probably not too dissimilar from your listeners in that I have been an independent contractor for a long time, have not had a steady paycheck and I don't know how long I wouldn't know what to do with one if I had one now. Um, but you know, when I started, the income was, was up and down, it was all over the board. And I would guess some of your, your clients probably have some inconsistency in their income. And what I realized was that my wife just wanted to know how much are you giving us this month? Like, what do we get? If you're going to pay us, how much is that? And I was struggling with it because I would have really high months and then I would have nothing for a month or two. I'm, and I made my living for a long time as a speaker so, you know, we, we had feast and famine times and, um, I went into a bank one day and I said, what would it take for me to get a cash flow line of credit? Just something that, that smooths out the accounts receivable moments. And, you know, the woman gets on her computer and she's typing away and she goes, oh, oh, okay. Let me check. She says, oh, we could give you $42,000 on the line of credit. And my mind was kind of blown, Julie, because up to that point, I thought, the only way that I'm going to have money is if it's in this account. And, and then I'm going to have to draw from that for my income. So if it's not there, I don't draw it. But as business owners, one of the things we want to do is actually treat ourselves like employees on a very stable, steady income. And so I just said to my wife, how much do we need on a monthly basis? And she'd say $3,500. You have to put $3,500 in. I don't care if it's $1,750 twice a month. Or 3500 once a month, oh, this is what we need. We're all in, this is what the family needs. Yep. And so what I started doing was on the high months, it would pay back whatever the line of credit needs were. And on the low months, I would borrow against it a little bit to hit that 1750 or 3500 number. And over the course of a year or two years, I didn't touch it anymore. And I still have it. It's there just in case of an emergency. Um, but now we use it for shred purposes. So if the business owns anything... We run the income through there. We kick it back to pay the debt down. And it's just, it's almost like an evolution of understanding how to use that tool because a HELOC is nothing more than a tool. It's clear it's debt and there's interest against it. But if you learn how to use it effectively, it can be really, really powerful. This has been a really interesting conversation. I came in a little bit, um, cautious and i i would say i still am but i understand a lot better and i'm like okay i think i can see where you're going with this this can this can make sense for um for a lot of people um so if our listeners are interested in learning more about the shred method and all that it entails where's the best place for them to find you well um very simply the shredmethod.com is the best place to go there is a masterclass there. There's a number of articles that will teach you what you need to know about the system. Um, and we are more than happy, my myself and my team, to jump on a 20-minute call with anyone and run your numbers. 
And we just go through income, expense, mortgage, car, lo car loans, student loans. And with that, we can say, based on these numbers, you will be out of debt on this date if you follow the advice of the system. And um, some people go, cool, done, let's go. And some say, I need to think about it. And we are a low to no pressure group where it's like, if it makes sense for you, great. But we're not going to chase anybody down because it's got to be, it's got to be right for you. So, you know, let us help see what it, what it looks like in your situation, but theshredmethod.com is the best place. Wonderful. Thanks so much for coming on uh, Therapy for Your Money. Thanks for having me, Julie. Keep doing what you do. This is super important stuff. Thank you. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.